sure. Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. We are joined by two guests, so this is kind of a weird time for me. So, Patrick, Patrick Lines, what's up? What's going on, Aaron? How you doing? Thanks for inviting me. And uh, we're, we're talking Rockies, we're talking prospects, and we got a great one today. I'm, I'm looking forward to this combo. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about this. We are joined by Chris McMahon, uh, starting pitching prospect of the Rockies system. What up, big dog? How we doing? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this is, uh, we're just talking a little bit off air. I, I've been pretty excited about this. I just, it's been two years. We chatted. You were like one of the first guys that we had on like Blake street banter. You kind of, it's just kind of, kind of full circle and here we are. And yeah, obviously the first question I want to ask you is those Eagles, huh? Yeah. Go birds. <laughs> Go birds. Always. <laughs> like I say that as a lions fan for one season. So I, hey, I, I, I was pulling for them. I yeah. really was. I really was. But yeah, I mean, gosh, the Eagles disappointing. Uh, all I can say, tough, tough way to end that, that six weeks. So, <laughs> and what's wild to me is just like the discourse around it. Like you were at the Super Bowl last year, right? And then the Super Bowl is in your grass, almost 10, mm-hmm. almost 11 0. And now it's just like, all right, we got to change everything up. It's going to switch everything up. Everybody must go. And that's, that's a weird feeling to think about like as like a successful franchise, a successful season, but that's yep. just really right. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And like you said, it was a complete switch up this season um, with, with coordinators and whatever. And, you know, I just, and we're doing it all over again. It's, it's round two with, with new coordinators and I don't even know what's going to happen. I, you know, there's always optimism about these guys, but at the end of the day, you really don't know until you see the results. So, right that's how it is. That's so, it is. I'm I'm sort of curious in the group chat that you have with all the other baseball players who are Eagles fans. What does Mike Trout think the Eagles need to do next year to get over the hump? What, what's he throwing out there? I don't know. God knows. I um, I hope he helps something. Says something. I they need they need all the help they can get, but. It is cool to see him, um, a diehard Philly fan, see him at, you know, the uh, the sideline seats that he's got. It's cool to see him uh, get into it. And, uh, you know, it, it's a great – it really is a great sports city. And uh, the fans love their Eagles. I, I can, you know, obviously being a lifelong fan, they're very passionate, extremely passionate. And um, they'll let you know when uh, you're not doing too good. But at the same time, they will have your back every step of the way. Yeah, it is. It is a thing. Like last year, was it last year or two years ago when they it was Trey Turner? Like Trey this Turner year was. It was this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah this he year. just wasn't doing good, and then just like, hey, we're gonna do a little something different than what Philly does, and yeah. <laughs> cheer cheer you on. And he just switched it. And yeah, there is something about that. It, it, it was yeah. cool. It was cool. I agree. Yeah. Did, did you? So you're as a guy from Pennsylvania, not not too far outside of the Philadelphia area. Do you remember the the 2008? World Series and, and 2009 World Series, uh, not the not the outcome you would have hoped for there against the Yankees, but do you remember those World Series? And do you have any skills climbing a light pole that's that's lathered in art? Can you do that? <laughs> no, I. So I was in fourth grade when they won, and yes, I do remember. I was at every home game in the playoffs um, in 2008 when they won. 
I was I want to say I was almost at every single home game as well in 2009 when they lost to the Yankees. But um, I do remember when they won the World Series, walking out of the stadium, walking out of the bank, and I was with my dad, and um, people are going crazy. Obviously, I'm 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 what 10 years old I think at the time, and obviously I'm not climbing any light poles. But <laughs> um, my dad did make sure to let me know: do not leave my side but just look around <laughs> and there's people going crazy. People are flipping cars, which I'm sure is not a good idea, but you know, that's what Philly fans do because that just makes sense for some reason. And um, <laughs> climbing poles going nuts. It, it was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I will never forget that day or, you know, either of those years. It was, it was special times for me. Yeah. There is something about a good playoff run that, comes through it like 2000th rocktober with me and my boys was such a blast and that's like one of our top moments we really wore in at one game 163 and kind of like what you just said like everybody coming out of the stadium and feeling it it really did feel like a, a championship for us it was it's just something about those memories about good times that goes it there. is it's yeah, so, it's special like there is that, that fanism is pretty cool and it's still yeah. cool you are an athlete you're a professional athlete you but you still get to hold that fan being a fan thing always yeah yeah it's something that really just never leaves you right like no matter what no matter what i mean you could always be kate denton out, out here saying go cowboys too so <laughs> yeah i mean right here that's like groundhog day for them <laughs> right <laughs> could wow. always be every cowboy playoff game one game and done every year <laughs> I, I feel you, Cade, <laughs> but I don't feel bad for you. I'm sticking with that way, but yeah, that, that's that's whatever. All right, let's get to baseball talk, man. Um, yeah. So, so, like last time we talked, it was in the middle of that 21 season with that Spokane team. I think we talked because I did go back and listen to it. I think we talked like right before you guys made that crazy run to make that playoff yeah. push and yeah. end up losing in that championship series, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, Take us back to that good time. Like, what was that run like with that crew? Because, like, you had to Tolia, you had Doyle, uh, Noah Davis showed up at the end, Tovar. You had, you mentioned Shelby Lackey and um, Shelby Lackey. Yeah. Doyle was there. Brent Doyle. Doyle yeah. was there from start like, to finish. Yeah. So, like, um, just go back. Like, what was yeah, that like? I mean, it was awesome. That it, That is probably one of the best teams I've ever played for, if not the best team I've ever played for in my baseball career. Um, and at the same time, a ton of fun. Obviously, like you said, when we were winning, it was it was it was awesome because the beginning of that year was was rough. We it was I think we started out like two and ten mm -hmm. um, and it, it was ugly losses, too. It, it wasn't like we were really even competing in these games and then to be able to turn it around at the end of July and the entire month of August was insane. I think we lost four games in August, which is nuts. I think we went like 20 and four in, in the month of August. And um, I think we won like 13 straight at some point, something crazy. Um, but yeah, man, that team was a whole lot of fun. Um, there's dudes everywhere on that team. Hunter Stovall, yeah. uh, Tovar, Blomgren, Tolia, Doyle. Um, Isaac Collins, who's I think with the Brewers now, but uh, mm -hmm. Decalati. Um, like you mentioned, Noah Davis in the rotation. We had Stephen Jones coming out of the bullpen, Dugan Darnell coming out of the bullpen. I mean, it was it was just at a point where we showed up to the field and it was almost the mentality of we're going to win today. 
they don't have a chance, like we're going to beat you. And that's kind of how it went. And even when we didn't win and we lost, it was like, well, we'll win tomorrow. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, I think, what was so fun about it. It was so laid back. Everybody enjoyed being around each other. And, and um, you know, winning obviously makes it a whole lot more fun. It seems like with that yeah. roster there in 2001 in Spokane and, and similar to some of the teams that Fresno has rolled out there, you know, the farm system is really strong right now. And it, it kind of evokes some memories of 2013 when the Asheville Tourists, you know, went to the South Atlantic League Championship and they had a core group of guys where you had – Ryan McMahon, Freeland, Senzatella, Carlos Estevez, all those guys that ended up contributing to the 2017 and 2018 back-to-back postseason appearances. Um, and I know the Rockies, they, they like to keep those homegrown guys together so they can grow together and build off of that. Do you see there, there being a ton of value of keeping a, a core of guys like that who are winning together in actually keeping them together like that? Yeah, especially in the professional ball setting, obviously the the – nature of the beast of an entire season is crazy it's a grind and when you can uh start that culture at a young age like for me i was one of the youngest guys on that team and for those a little bit older guys to to you know help me along the way of my first pro ball season and and do that was awesome and um like you said man i think it is good it, it when you move up level by level and you're familiar with the guys in the locker room you're familiar with the guys who are behind you um, it makes it that much easier to just go out there and play and just go compete. Um, makes it easier to rely on those guys. You're not out there on an island. For, for me as a pitcher, obviously, um, it's not like, all right, I got I to gotta fight on my own here. It's like, no, I, I, got, I got seven dudes behind me that, that got my back, and I, got, I know somebody's behind the plate that, that's helping me out do this. So um, it, it's awesome to see some of those guys, you know, get to the big leagues quick and, and have an impact right away, like Doyle and Tobar and, and Noah Davis. It's awesome. I mean, Doyle is, is I tell people all the time, I, he's probably the best outfielder I've ever played with, and I imagine he's the best outfielder a lot of guys have played with. So, Yeah, yeah there's definitely – that sentiment's definitely echoed by some people. See yeah. what he did, like, when he came up last year, like, on the big stage, right? Like, we all saw it. He won the gold glove. Like, you saw it firsthand. But there's just something different, like when it hits at that major league level, especially at Coors with that giant ass outfield, and just yeah. he just handles his business the best he possibly can. It's uh-huh. he he deserved every single inch of that gold glove that he earned last year at the major league level. Absolutely, it's it's, it's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I was cu- someone told me recently that now if, if you've seen Brent Doyle in person, like dude looks like a free safety. Like he looks like a hall of fame <laughs> safety. You're like, that's Ronnie lots, you know, grandson, whatever it may be. Um, he's, he's built like that, but I heard he's not a huge gym rat. Like he's just, he just he's just magically engineered to, to be that like in shape. Yeah, he might be. Honestly, I, I never really, now that you mention it, I guess I do not really see him in the weight room. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he does. I mean, to be built like that, you got to do something. Um, again, I, maybe I, I don't really pay attention, I guess. Um, I don't pay attention enough, especially in Spokane. I mean, that weight room's tiny there. You can only lift like three, four guys at a time. So when I was lifting, it was usually other pitchers. So um, I'd imagine he, he does work at the gym. I, I don't know, honestly, but you're can't right. Man. He is, he is, yeah, can't confirm, nor deny. Um, he, uh, <laughs> He is he is built like a football player. He is a uh, 
He is a physical, physical man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just it might be a little bit of that dad strength coming into he does have yeah that going for him too so yeah there's there's yeah. some kind of connection i mean yeah. sorry enough about doyle let's talk about you yeah. <laughs> who's who's throwing harder you or blake goldsberry right now probably blake i'm gonna give it to goldsberry goldsey probably goldsberry yeah he uh he, he can he can throw pretty hard um it's been a while since I've been able to tick out to like 95 and I know he can hit that. So, um, I couldn't tell you the last time I hit 95. I think I hit it once in spring training, mm-hmm. um, once or twice. Um, yeah, man, those days, those days I need to get back. It's tough though. It really is tough when you, the more and more you throw. And, um, uh, but I, I will give, I'll give the edge to Blake on that one. Yeah. He, he made some adjustments last year and he was telling us about it last off season, how he just did something a little bit different with his fastball and he had a little bit, a yep. bump to it and it worked out really good he was he looked really good last year in, in hartford yeah he did he turned it up that second half big time yeah he's fun to watch he's a big giant human too like, yeah he's a big boy <laughs> we got drafted how about six, that five, six, out of kansas yeah. yep colorado boy too so he's got of that course it was, yeah it was a short 2020 draft but he was definitely a guy where as soon as the rockies signed them it, it was it was pretty obvious that they they got a steal there they they got a you know top top five round draft pick that you know mm-hmm. hey, it was only it was a shortened draft and, and that was the that was the draft that you were a part of too Chris. Was, yeah. um you know going going back to the university of of miami days i was you know kind of curious you know carson palmquist was with you there in your final year as a junior um then he gets drafted by the rockies and quickly moves up through the system in double a at the end of 2023 are you ever going to be able to get away from him that's really what i want to know <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. And you know what? Uh, I'm good friends with Carson. So uh, when he was drafted by the Rockies, I was obviously pumped up. Um, I, I would get pumped up for any of my teammates at Miami. But, you know, being a pitcher as well and, and um, watching him pitch as a freshman there and, uh, you know, obviously following my canes, even throughout pro ball in their seasons, I was following his junior year when he was there doing his thing. So um, when we got him, I was, I was fired up, man. He's uh, – obviously a very good pitcher that kid uh, i've seen him make kids look really really silly and in inner squads and in his freshman year and for him to kind of step up and do that as a freshman was uh really cool to see and um really happy for his success already right off the bat his first pro year um did a great job got up to to harford at the end of the year and um you know he's he's gonna he's gonna be a dude for a while he's he's that kind of guy has he always had that just insane strikeout ability? Yeah, yeah, he does. He he, he struck out a bunch of guys in inner squads all the time in Miami, and um, he's just a funky guy. Obviously, he's got mm-hmm. he's that funky lefty. It comes at you weird, and um, you know, obviously, he can pitch. He he knows where to put the fastball. He's he's got two other pitches that he can use, and you know, when when you when you're funky and already and you got that going on, it's yeah. it's hard to hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's working for him. Yeah, it was like 100 yeah. plus strikeouts in Spokane last year before making his way to Hartford. It's just insane. But again, what about you? Like, this is your conversation, yeah. not, not about us. <laughs> How how's the rehab going? So you had that lat strain at the in yeah. about what June July last year. Uh, it looks like you worked back and you had some time at the Arizona Fall League. Uh, yeah, but. Like, where are you yeah. at? Where are you? How are you feeling? How are we feeling about going into spring training in a few weeks? Uh, feeling pretty good. Um, feeling good. Um, I need to just, you know, 
get back out there and part of it's the mental part man it's you know yeah. when you deal with multiple back-to-back injuries you start you know as you can imagine start thinking about like is my arm okay is it not okay it feels good today i don't know if it's going to feel good tomorrow and you know just kind of letting that go and just being like i'm good i'm healthy let's go do this thing i know what i'm i'm capable of doing when i'm healthy um and um you know i'm looking forward to spring training man i'm looking forward to to seeing all those guys and getting back out there on the mound and competing man and um it was good for the fall league obviously got hurt at the all-star break and, and just to get back out there for the fall league um i know it wasn't wasn't pretty at times but you know those guys are good man and coming coming off an injury i was definitely not my sharpest at all but you know it, it, it's the fall league it's 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 okay but um you know just to get get back out there again and be like all right arms good and hitting the off season good and and let's just get ready for 2024 this would typically be the time where after making 15 starts at double a you'd be thinking about oh man I, I can make my debut next year you know if things go right with me or if things go wrong with the big league staff um but it, it sort of seems like because you're getting back on on you know the road to, to good health and really just trying to you know go out there every every five days give the team five six innings does it make it easier to 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 not like focus on that noise of like man if I do everything right, I, I might be debuting. It, it really allows you to just focus on yourself because that's what you're trying to do is, is really build up those innings on your arm this year. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I mean, yeah, you nailed it on the nose. It's just one of those things. It's, And I kind of had that mentality going into this past season where it was like if things work out and I can stay healthy, you never know, I might debut this year. And, you know, didn't happen. Obviously got, got hurt and had some setbacks. Um, so like you said, kind of having that mentality again and going into 2024, you know, let's, let's start with spring training and and go from there. But yeah, like you said, I think things could go my way here. If You know, just got to stay with it and and stay on the mound, stay healthy, really. I want to see if we can get a scoop here for the Blake street banner uh, listeners and for Aaron here. Uh, will you be getting a major league invite uh, to camp? Do you know yet? I don't believe so. No, I don't, I didn't get one. I don't think. I think I, I, they're already out, I believe. I, I didn't get one. No. All right. Hopefully they're lost in the mail. We'll just keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Send it to the, yeah. Check your junk email real quick. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it's there. Yeah. But, I mean, you have a lot to build off of that last year at Spoke, at Hartford. Like, the Eastern League is a juggernaut, especially with some of those it prospects is. that are out there. And mm-hmm. we, we talk about that all the time and try to emphasize that. But that high A to double A jump is – it's got to be the biggest one, especially for a starting yeah. pitcher against some of those guys. Like, there's probably what 10, 15 guys that you probably faced last year that were in the majors by the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. What did you kind of learn about yourself? Because you were still a strikeout and inning guy, mm-hmm. gave up a few too many hits. I, I'm sure you're, yeah. you're aware of that. But like, what was that? Some of that learning process that you had in that like real first taste of, all right, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously. For me, it was a lot of adjustments um, week to week, and um, I think I started out kind of rough, obviously, and, you know, um, that was my first time in the Eastern League, and like you said, facing a lot of good players, and a lot of it is, you know, taking notes, whether it's mental notes or actual notes on how to get these guys out at the more and more you face them, and, you know, that's knowing what they got you with the first time. Um, that's knowing the scouting report on them, where they like to swing, what they like or what they're looking for. Um, you know, a lot of that 
is is what we like to call and I talked Drew Romo kind of mentioned this line when we were working together is just kind of abuse their weaknesses and that kind of like became that. a saying of like you know what if he is struggling against a slider don't even throw a fastball like just keep throwing him sliders and if he struggles with fastballs in just keep throwing fastballs in um, until they prove to you that they have they have made the adjustment and they beat you with it. If they don't beat you with it, keep doing it. And, you know, that's kind of one thing I learned. And I think the frustrating part about the injury I had was the last, you know, four to six weeks yeah. uh, prior to that, I was I felt like I was really turning it on, and I felt like I was throwing the ball really, really well mm-hmm. um, compared to, like, the first month that season um, where I was, you know, getting hit around, giving up home runs and, like I just mentioned, it was all part of that adjustment period of like, okay, that I like, I got it going on now. I think my pitches were also getting better. Like I thought my changeup was getting more action, throwing it harder. All that stuff was just starting to click, and um, you know, that yeah. that's kind of the whole process that happened uh, up until the injury at the in the uh, Eastern League. So it also seemed like you had that kind of Coors Field mentality of like, you might get one but you're not going to get the next one or you, you might get two here, but I'm, I'm worried more about the next run. Like you were able to get that, that length all throughout June and okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe three earned runs, but again, you got the length, you got the five innings, five and a third, six innings where you're getting, you know, quality starts right there on, on the precipice. And that's obviously something a lot that the, the organization values um, for their affiliates is and those starting pitchers to say, Hey, you're going to get hit around a little bit. But can you bounce back and and still get some length? And you you were really able to do that in those last five six starts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's uh, you know as a starting pitcher, that's your job. Just give your team a chance to win. Mm-hmm. You're going to give up runs, man. It, <laughs> these guys are good. It's part of the game. That's why they keep score. Um, <laughs> it's 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 going to happen. And you know, like you said, if you can limit it to two, three, four runs. I mean, we got guys in the lineup, too, yeah. that can bang. So, you know what? You're giving your team a chance to win. Obviously, everyone's go out there and throw six shutout innings, right? That's a pitcher's dream. Not going to happen every time you go out. It might happen every once in a while, and it's awesome. But, um, you know, you're just keeping your team in it, giving them a chance to win, that's my job as a starting pitcher. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's the mentality. You, you got to have that. We talked to Jared Candy last week and he said very similar things and he's a dog. Like he's, that was he his is. thing. He's like, I, I might give up a hit or two, but what am I doing right now to get this guy? And that's yeah. what I'm focusing on. And he said he learned a lot that very similar to your story right, right there. Just like that first part of that season, it was kind of flipping that switch. Like, all right, I can't get everybody out that way. So what am yep. I doing to get this out and just finding a way to just be solid and try to go six and do that thing. So yeah. there's a, there's a lot to build on. And you were always one guy that I always was tuning in to watch. Like I watched, I watched more Hartford games last year than I did Rockies games. And but because <laughs> like a lot of friends of the pod were on the, on the team between yeah. uh, Hartford and isotopes. And it's like, cool seeing you guys do, do your thing. And, but like, there's just, when you're on, like, it's so much fun. Like that, that change up, it's, it's, I appreciate it. It's nasty, yeah. and it's one of my favorite pitches <laughs> to watch. So, like, I'm excited to see what you have going on in 2024. I'm just, just wherever you're at, we got you, and just you have a lot to build on and keep grinding and keep doing your thing. And you know, you got us rooting for you in the back and supporting you here. And so, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool to see you guys. You know, 
support us as minor leaguers, you know, as is it's a grind, man. And, you know, sometimes you have those moments, those days where you feel like you're on an island, like I kind of mentioned before. And um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. We I, got I, you. I imagine you're going to hear a lot more when you go down to spring training, but what's uh, the early scouting report on Albuquerque? What, what do you know about that city other than breaking bad and the elevation? Yeah, I didn't honestly know Breaking Bad was in Albuquerque until like, like a year ago, maybe. Somebody <laughs> mentioned it to me because I, I didn't really watch Breaking Bad. Um, okay. I've seen it. Like, I, like I, a couple of my friends watch it and I'm like hanging out with them, watch it, whatever. Um, but I had no idea. But yeah, I mean, I, I heard I heard Albuquerque. I mean, I heard stuff, man. I'm, you know, it is what it is. I don't really care, to be honest with you. I think it's tough to begin with. Um, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's, you know, if you, like you said, if you want to get ready for Denver, you I might as well try and pitch somewhere like that too. I mean, yep. um, it is what it is. But yeah, I've, I've heard some crazy stories. Uh, I've heard I heard a story from one of my Miami guys who um, wasn't with the Rockies, but he played there on the road or something, and he saw like 16 home runs in a game or something. I'm like, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> like but, it's uh, far fetched yeah, enough to be true. It was a pitcher's yeah, duel. Exactly. It was a pitcher's yeah. duel. It was two <laughs> two top 100 pitching prospects. Uh, they only gave up those 16, so yeah, it was actually pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I've heard all the stories, right? I've heard the you know, heard the big field. It's probably like 430 feet to center field, which is absurd. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Is what it is, man. You just go play, go compete. Whatever happens, happens. Won't be the won't be the first home run I give up, bro. Probably won't be the last either. So. Yep. Hey, you were you were pitching with a right field porch that was probably about two twenty five away. So I mean, you're you're gonna be all right. I know that Hartford porch is <laughs> sneaky. It's sneaky. I gave up a couple of home runs there, and I, like off the bat, I'm like, really? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird. It's like an overhang too, because the yep. bullpen's out there. Obviously, our Hartford bullpen is out there, so you, like you don't really realize the overhang until you're like shagging BP or sitting in the bullpen. And yeah, man, I, there's a couple that snuck out there. I was like, there's no way, man. And you know, you see your right fielder, whether it was like Bean or Fernandez, going back on back and just stop and look up, and you're like, no way. You're just like, there's no way. And it, it, you know, it lands in the second row of that little overhang, and you're like, Jesus, man, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is funny to watch too because you're watching it, and it's it's kind of grainy stream and stuff. You can't really get an eye on the ball, and yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's a home run. I thought it was going to be a double, yeah. or like it hits in between that under under that overhang, and it's still a live yeah. ball, and it's just like that what's going on here so i can only yeah. imagine if you're seeing that on the mound like yeah. he didn't get that he didn't get that what, the, what, yeah. what are we doing here it's like yeah it's weird and but i'll say this there is a couple hits off the wall that are held to singles which is cool i guess yeah. i think that happened to me a couple times you know give up a line drive over his head and it's close enough where they can't even take second because it's it if the guy if the right fielder plays it right they don't have a chance or they're thrown out. So <laughs> I guess that's the only good thing about that short porch. Yeah. Right. But you need a right, you need a right fielder who can play it off the net. Well, <laughs> yeah. the only place, in, that the only place in baseball. That is yeah. so yeah. weird. Yeah. Duncan is, is a is. treat. <laughs> it is. It's an awesome park. I, yeah. I really oh, did yeah. enjoy it. I loved it. I loved it. I really did. Um, the clubhouse, the park, the fans. I mean, those yeah. fans show out. It's awesome. Yeah. Like a Wednesday night too. And, um, you know, 
this Friday, Saturday nights in June, July. I mean, awesome. Just mm-hmm. awesome. You like the juices, you get the juices going easy there. You can, you hear them in the first inning. You get a strikeout in the first inning. They're loud, man. They love it. And, um, Awesome. It's, it, it is an awesome park. It's a great atmosphere. The The staff there is great. They do an awesome job with, you know, the in-between inning little games they got. It's It really is a cool atmosphere. It's a great place to play. I, I know a lot of the friends that I had in the Eastern League with the other teams, they loved coming to Hartford. Absolutely loved it. And I I, I know why, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, when when yeah. you played the Somerset awesome. Patriots and uh, the Portland Sea Dogs, right, Yankees, Red Sox, they're, you know, drivable would a lot of those fan bases kind of come in to invade a little bit to see Yankees and Red Sox prospects? Oh yeah. 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 And the, um, some Mets fans too, some Mets fans a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. yeah you'd see some, uh, some opposing, some opposing gear when, when the, I remember a lot of the Somerset at least, cause I think we played them twice at home. Well, same with Portland. Um, a lot of those fans that want to get the autographs right up front are, are, always on their bus like waiting for the guys to get off the bus whether it's the Somerset <laughs> or whatever yeah there's a lot and i noticed that um which is cool it's it's cool for them you know because they're on the road and you know throughout the minors there's a lot of road trips where it's just like where am i for them you know it's kind of go to a place where a lot of people are looking for their autograph and they're wearing their team their affiliates like gear and all that it's cool it's good i'm sure it's awesome for them and you know, it, it adds to the atmosphere at Hartford, too, for us, whether it's opposing or for, you know, it's not like a hostile place. It's not like people are yelling at the players and like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're generally great people. So um, it, it is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, baseball, sports, it's cool going back to that fandom that we started the conversation with. It brings yeah. it all back together, whether it's minor league and you're traveling for these prospects and these guys or whatever. It's awesome. Yeah. And then seeing it from a different perspective, I'm sure kind of humbles you a little bit to an extent, but also gets you kind of revved up, ready to go. Like, all right, let's get to the next stage and see what's up there. So yeah, adds a little bit to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, I appreciate you. We went over 15 minutes time, but we were just chatting. I got nothing else to do. Yeah. I appreciate it. So when are you actually headed down to spring training? The 17th. Okay. Yeah, 17th. I'm actually heading to South Florida tomorrow. And then I'm there for about eight days. Okay. I'm going to be around. I'm going to West Palm for a couple of days. And I'm going down to Miami for about six days. And then I'm uh, coming home for one last week, honestly, just to come home, pack up my stuff, really yeah. get ready, and, and then shoot on out to Phoenix. So right. uh, that's the plan. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. that. Have fun. And we'll do. Again, we'll be watching. We got you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank Appreciate you very Chris. much. Yeah. See you, Chris. See ya. All that was right. great. Chris McMahon. That was sweet. Oh, where are we at? Yeah, no, he, uh, he's definitely a good chat, no doubt about it. Uh, Chris McMahon just, just kind of opening up. It, it was nice for him, too. You know, if we had more time, uh, it would have been interesting to, to find out what it's like for him, like kind of being back home, right, because he's an East Coast guy. He's from, you know, just outside of Philly, so – you know, playing the the Reading fight and fills, or you know, even Hartford. I'm sure a lot of his family and friends can go out and visit him. So uh, I'm sure he gets hit, hit up for some free tickets. You know, <laughs> just about anywhere up up and down that Eastern League. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just sweet that again, just all of that, and just kind of coming full circle. Like it's cool for me. Like I'm just this random ass dude in the basement trying to 
<laughs> do something cool and it's he spent his time just doing his thing and it's been it's been fun to watch and like those up and downs like those hurt me too and but it's yeah. fun rooting for good guys and doing their thing it's just it's just fun and it goes to show you too like he said you know if if, if you go and um even if even if it's not a rockies affiliate if you're going to a minor league game and it's and it's the road team don't be don't be afraid to to ask these guys for an autograph like that's a nice little pick me up too you know and hey mm-hmm. if you've got a program nearby and you could look and go this guy's number 40 let me look let me see what his name is shout him out by by their name i mean that that just takes it to that next level of like oh all right people are are watching me and that that's a nice little boost when you know for most of these guys they don't play in the town that they grew up in so almost every game you know quite literally is is a road game in that capacity so uh, yeah give them a little love get an autograph on your ticket, whatever it may be. If they make tickets anymore, they don't make tickets. That, that was a bad example. <laughs> I, I, they don't know. Cause no. I was trying to think I went to Akron. I don't, I didn't get one there. They do in Grand Rapids and the West, the West Michigan Whitecaps, they do give tickets. So That's cool. I do, I do have the paper ones. I should have kept them, but it's just like, whatever. We'll, we'll wait till my kids are a little bit older and we'll start doing all that sentimental stuff, but we'll see. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wayno, let's go. Cut the pod. Appreciate you, dog. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's let's get into it. Let's let's get into some rocky stuff. So huge shout out to Chris for hanging out with us for 15, 20 minutes extra time than we thought. It was just it's just good stuff. Um, but it's prospect profile, McCade Brown. So this is gonna be brought to you by our one and only sponsor, Daily Controls LLC, that industrial automation controls engineering company. Excited to provide and apply its 12 plus years of experience in the automotion, automation and robotics industry. He will travel to you. You're listening in Fresno, Hartford, wherever you're at, he's got you. Um, he's just doing his thing and it's he's a good guy. So he works hard, he's very smart. We'll figure it out for you. So reach out to Daily Controls LLC if you have any automation needs. Um, but he brings you McKay Brown. Uh, so pro- prospect profile, very interesting prospect profile, just because he didn't pitch at all last year. I'm not quite sure what the injury was. They don't really announce that, and I just feel weird asking people. So he big strikeout guy from Indiana. Uh, in his 2022 season, he had 118 strikeouts and 89 pitches. He's number 22 on Tyler's top 170 prospect list. He's a big arm, big strikeout arm. Believe he's a starter. We'll see where he turns into. Uh, might be a good relief arm with those big strikeout numbers. But this will be a fun, uh, fun season to see what McKay Brown does. I got to imagine he starts in Spokane. But I'm excited to just have another big arm. We had so many hit the injury list, even before season, like Nick Bush was making his way up. He wasn't able to pitch at all last year. McKay Brown was this top dog that was going to make his, make his way to get a pitch. So we're adding these guys, so to speak to the system. And I'm excited. Yeah. I think you might've hit on something there as far as being a, a relief option, you know, partially you, you look at the, the, the injury history, right. You know, it was on the 60 day IL uh, throughout most of the summer. So they, they kept continuing to be this hope that maybe he'd be able to return before kind of the window ran out on him this year. So building up innings can be, uh, you know, difficult. It's something that McMahon himself is is going to be going through this year, try mm-hmm. to put more innings on that arm so he can, you know, be a, a durable starter. We've seen what the injuries have been able, uh, or not that what it's been able to do, but we've seen what the injuries have done to Jaden Hill. And you say, yeah. you know what, that that kind of, that, that road is gone. He'll get a, a, a major league invite this year. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but you, you look at him and say, you know, could have been a starter, but in the reality that we live in now, you know what? Let's let's use his abilities in the bullpen, and you know, with with all of the arms 
that the Rockies were able to pick up last year at the trade deadline. And the fact that they continued to draft so many starting pitchers, mm -hmm. there simply might not be those opportunities for a guy like McCade Brown going forward. So, you know, he might have to do a, a long relief kind of role, you know, for the time being, but um, the tools are definitely there. And there's a reason why the Rockies selected in the third round of the 2021 draft. Yeah. It's, yeah, you see guys like that all the time. Case Williams, like he's on that cringe, fringe reliever starter. Like we, we kind of know where you're at and see what we can maybe do in this relief role. But you got to expect Jaden Hill as a reliever here on out. And so we saw it a few times. There was somebody that switched from starting pitching to long relief last year at Hartford. I can't remember the name, but he, he was really good at it too. He switched over and it was a seamless transition and he was – better because of it so just because you're going to that relief pitch role doesn't mean it's bad like it's just there's only so many starting pitching across the board is just hard to find whether it's at the major league level or at low a level it's hard to find what do you need 25 solid guys at least at minimum and then you add six or seven so you're looking at 30 35 guys that you're trying to get to go five or six and that's just not a thing anymore yeah, oh. no, it's 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 uh, it's a numbers game, right? It's it's definitely a crunch, and and you know, in the last few years too, since the pandemic, there's there's less opportunities for guys to go out there under the umbrella of major league affiliation, right? You've got all those independent leagues, you've got the um, you know, they're they're professional leagues, but they're independent, they're partner leagues, um, and so there's just mm -hmm. less of those opportunities to go around where you know you could have a guy like McCade Brown go and. Uh, if, if you want to stretch him back out, all right, you could send him to a Boise or Grand Junction, you know, going back to 2019, uh, some of those short season affiliates for the Rockies. But uh, unfortunately, that's just not an option. So, hey, if he has to go to the bullpen, um, you know, that, that might just get him to the majors that much quicker. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see what we got when we get there. It's, it's always interesting how they're going to play these games. Like they have the ideas. We have these ideas. But how does it play out and where what's where's that player going to be to be successful for the future of this team? It's something that you just don't know, which is what's fun about this. Like, I love this time of year because, like, you do get a hypo like hypothetically put all these rotations and players together and see what it's going to play out. And, like, yeah, these prospects, top prospects, it's going to be sweet. But then you don't know, like, Zach Bean, knock on wood, like, for instance, that injury, wrist, no longer a top 100. Now he's getting dogged a little bit. Now, <laughs> where's he going to come up next? And, like, it sucks, like, it, to a point, but it's, for me, like as a fan doing this and like kind of covering it, it's it's kind of fun to put all those pieces together, so to speak. It is, and it and it makes it that much more impactful when those guys have success. Like, yeah. uh, I haven't necessarily talked about this in a while, but you know, my first year on the beat was 2018, and I the first half of the year I was down in Albuquerque a lot, and I got to see Josh Fuentes a lot before he was josh fuentes that we all kind of know him to be then again yeah. if you if you i don't since blake street banner has been around josh fuentes technically hasn't existed for the rockies his, his window kind of closed <laughs> yeah at that point but still if you know you know and uh that's kind of the fun thing is, is you can be there before everyone else so you know when that time comes for chris mcmahon to make his debut or dugan darnell or whoever it might mm -hmm. be that uh here on the show on, on blake street banner you know fans are familiar with and you're familiar with they're going to be coming to you going, hey, is this guy good? I'll tell you his life story right here, <laughs> right now. I am so excited just yeah. that this person is getting this opportunity, a good person, good ball player. Um, and and it, that's an investment that, um, 
you, you don't always get when you root for a team because it's really about you know, maybe winning a World Series. And for these guys, making that debut uh, and getting to that next level, to them, that's that's a big stepping stone. And you could, you could kind of take part in that just a little bit too. Yeah, and, and I have. Like, seeing that Noah Davis and Carl Kaufman, that was our first pros that we had. And it just was like, this is sweet. I was stoked for Carl when he made his debut last year. I was like, all right, I'm finding a way to watch this. I think it was an afternoon game. I think I had to rush home. If I remember right, and I had, to, I had to get there, and it's it just adds that little bit to it. And again, knowing these guys and who they are, it just adds it's so much more fun to it. Adds a little bit to it. Um, we are trying some more things, right? Trying to build that community, trying to build that thing that you were just talking about. Like follow these prospects with us. Let's dive into us, have some fun. So we're putting some questions up on Spotify, all right? And last week, me and Tyler talked about the starting pitchers. We each gave our top five starting pitchers in the in the system, which was fun. It's like we could have gone eight more deep. Like it, it was a, it was a fun exercise and we see things differently, which is fun. He's very analytical and has all the scouting stuff too. And I'm just like, all right, that guy's fun. Let's, let's just dive into that. So we asked the question, who, who is your favorite starting pitching prospect and why? And so Skyfish kid, I believe this is Skyler who's a, an OG fan, so to speak. He said Dollander. I think his profile will fit Coors amazingly uh, and hopefully gives us that new blueprint of what pitchers to build on. And it's, I agree, The what Dollander, we haven't seen a Dollander talent in so long. And Tyler kept comparing it to John Gray, which I think is pretty spot on. I think where, where they're at at that trajectory, where it could, could be, I think it's spot on. So thank you, Skyler, for answering that question. Patrick, who is one prospect starting pitching prospect that you are kind of excited to see do their thing in 2024. Well, Dollander definitely would be you know, at towards that top of the list. I'm, I'm not going to take yeah. uh, Sky's Sky's answer. And I, <laughs> and I like that comp too of, of, a, of a John Gray minus the pressure. Cause when John Gray was yeah. drafted, he was very much viewed as, as a savior Rockies didn't have starting pitching figured out. You could obviously argue they still don't, but they've got, you know, a lot of competent arms right now in the rotation you'll, you'll get two more back in in 2025 in marquez and Cinzatella, but dollar doesn't have that same pressure and i think there's also a really good group of prospects that are surrounding him too that are gonna you know just make it that much easier to to have that transition to have that success but i'm pretty excited to see what sean sullivan's gonna do in his yeah. first full season you know this was a guy that uh you know burst onto the scene i i, I think you know relatively quickly quickly getting that opportunity you know um, kind of a kind of a different breed, I think, uh, in in a lot of ways. You know, a left-hander uh, who, um, you know, from from Wake Forest, like it, it's uh, it, it's a rare rare breed, I think, that we've seen. I mean, Carson Palmquist is doing it. He look. I, I should have asked McMahon this, but he looks in his windup. He looks exactly like Kyle Freeland. Um, a little mm -hmm. more three quarters. Um, but just the windup and everything is really similar. Uh, but Sullivan's got the same kind of six foot four frame. Um, looked really good uh, at Fresno, and so you're hoping that he can, you know, build on that. Again, we only saw four innings, um, but ten strikeouts yeah, in, in four innings, one walk. Like, okay, again, incredibly small sample size, but uh, for the job that the the Rockies have been doing with their uh, scouting and development, he's a guy that uh, over the course of a full season, it'll be interesting to see if he you know, moves as quickly uh, as as Gabriel Hughes did before mm -hmm. his unfortunate Tommy John surgery last summer. And Dollander could be in that boat too, where, you know, by the end of next season, you might see them both uh, at AA Hartford uh, in their first full season in the minors. 
Oh, I'm I'm way faster than you on Dolander. I think Dolander is in Spokane for like a month, then he's in Harper, and then he's he's a he's a Rocky by the end of the season. He's my dark horse debut thing. It's just if all goes well, I think he is that guy. And the Rockies aren't really shy about promoting their guys up. Like Chris McMahon, he he moved pretty quickly. Like he started his career at Spoke High Spokane, which is not very common. Gabe Hughes was in Hartford by June of his first professional seasons. You see all these guys kind of pushing up. Like Joe Rock probably would have been up there a little bit quicker if some injuries didn't hit. So I don't think the Rockies are necessarily scared to push up. Carl Kaufman going back to that. So I think there is that little bit. Like Sean Sullivan could be that guy. Like, all right, we saw you for four innings at Fresno. Like, you're good. You pitch in the ACC. You're fine. Let's go see what you have in Spokane. And just thinking about these lefties, like Rockies haven't had lefties in forever, right? But you got Joe Rock, Carson Palmquist, Mike Brzezicki, Sean Sullivan, like all funky left-handers with big strikeouts that are on the up and up, which is nothing that we've had ever. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that group of lefty starting pitchers grow. And I think I love the Sean Sullivan pick. I, I know I know Tyler's big on him too. It's going to be I, fun. I, I like how you're you're pointing that out for you know how, how they've been aggressive the organization pushing these guys which is is a change you know they they weren't like yeah. that previously where you really had to kind of you know earn your bones uh and and almost fail at a level uh hunter goodman you might have said uh he probably should have been up a little bit quicker um but but they've been more aggressive with those guys that have have had that success i mean seth halverson is another one dude just got drafted and yeah. sure it was really just a cup of coffee at the at the end of the year but uh, it makes you think like is was that legit like where they thought that you know that placement could be uh, evan justice drafted in 2021 debuts two years later so um, mm -hmm. they're doing things differently and they're operating differently which you know coupled with how good the farm system has been which gives you that that hope and that hype well you might not have to wait like you normally do and you might not have to wait for them to fizzle out they'll get those chances a little bit sooner than um than in in an you know, uh, operations past and front offices yeah. in the past. Bill Schmidt has been more aggressive with that. So um, I think that only adds to the hope and the hype for the farm system right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Like we saw so, so much promotion last year that was not there in 2021. So it's going to be fun to see, see, see how that works out. I'm excited for it. Uh, there, there was a few signings, I guess, so to speak. Um, Josh Rogers is the most recent one. Signed a minor league contract, free agent. He comes back for the second year in a row. Didn't do so hot in Albuquerque, but then again, who does? Uh, <laughs> it's just he was an innings eater, 104, 104 innings logged with that 802, 8.02 ERA. Just is this just a signing? Like he has some MLB experience, which the Rockies seem to kind of like to add to that Albuquerque roster a little bit. Uh, he was decent against lefties last year, but there's a rule where you have to face three players, pitchers, batters now. Just what, do you put any weight in on this Josh Rogers signing? Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a really good depth pickup. He's uh, If he was going to get an opportunity with the, with the Rockies at the big league club, it would have happened last year when, when you know all the pitchers went down yeah. uh, and they were really kind of searching for, for starters. Uh, along the way, you know, I, I want to say there was a maybe a spell somewhere in the middle or late parts of the summer where, you know, he put three back-to-back -back decent starts together. Again, in the Pacific Coast League, a decent start is not typically uh, – it does a, a decent start doesn't look like a decent start there. Um, 
But no, I, I think that's just a, a dev feast down there in AAA. The fact that they're bringing him back for a second year in a row obviously means there's some kind of positive match there because it's not a ton of guys who do sign up for a second year in a row. And there's not a ton of guys that the Rockies are really that interested in bringing back. So despite the, you know, something like an eight ERA, you know, being a good clubhouse guy for what's still going to be a, a really young pitching staff, you know, you'll return Jeff Criswell there. Uh, Carl Kaufman might still have an opportunity, but then somewhere along the way, it will, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Will McMahon start the year uh, in, in the AAA rotation? You know, Carson Palmquist probably needs to, you know, prove himself a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. at, at Hartford. Joe Rock, I, I think he he did his thing in AA, so maybe he starts the year and can learn a little bit a little bit about how to sling it from the left hand side from a guy like Josh Rogers. So. Um, you know he's a good organizational guy to have on on the team, and uh, I think that was I think that was a wise signing for the Rockies for uh, for the Isotopes rotation. Yeah, it's, it seems to be kind of their mo. All right, let's add these veterans guys that help to transition back to that major league club. And we hear from guys all the time. It's uh, just having somebody to talk to about what it's like to actually get up there, and the Rockies kind of do that on their own like they call up people and you're going to get your feet wet you're going to get a a feel for what the clubhouse is you're going to get a feel for what coors is the major leagues and then you're we'll see if you're going to stick around and get some playing time then we're going to send you back down like they did that to nolan jones last year there was a a few other guys that got called up and didn't play but got sent back down uh so like these cups of coffee without even taking a sip seem to happen a little bit and i think there is that all right we're going to build you up for that and Maybe that's part of the whole coaching staff stuff, right? Look at that transition, Mike. The the Rockies just released all their minor league tra- coaches uh, changes and all that. And Tony Walters was the big other big news. I would say that was probably the biggest news in Rockies me Rocky stuff this past week. And Tony Walters joins the staff. He retired, joined the staff. But where was he going to go? And then we get the list today. Um, so if you do have your screen on big, you can see it there. Or go find our Twitter. It's on there also. But um, Tony Walters, he's going to be an ACL bench coach. He's going to be down there, Zona Complex League. It's kind of what we thought, maybe. We talked a little bit about about it. But what do you, what do you, what does Tony kind of bring to the squad, and where do you kind of see his future going forward as a coach, so to speak, in the organization? He, man, it, it will be interesting to see if he gets an opportunity to manage, uh, which I think he will. Um, and, and just, it will be interesting. He, he, he has kind of a manager pedigree written all over him. He was, you know, his nickname, a lot of nicknames, but, uh, one of them was papers, Tony papers, because he'd be in the clubhouse. He'd be walking over to that day's starting pitcher. He'd be talking to relief pitchers and he'd have some papers in his hands, going over some statistics, going over some different things. And so he was absolutely a, a coach in that clubhouse uh, and, and was able to talk to both the Latin American players, the American players, um, you know, mm-hmm. Sung, Sung Wan Oh, you know, was also there, a guy from South Korea, you know, was able to kind of mesh with, with him really well. So he's got a really strong background for that. Um, he's very, you know, motivational. And uh, I, I think that was a, a really nice pickup to, to have him back still incredibly young. Um, yeah. It'll, you know, despite the fact that this will just be his first year, you know, dipping his toe into the coaching waters. Uh, and, and as, and as much as I think Warren Schaefer is a great, you know, manager, uh, managerial prospect, I could see Tony Walters maybe getting an opportunity in the majors somewhere, um, before, yeah. uh, b- 
before uh, Warren does. But uh, nevertheless, I think that's a great pickup. You know, Walter's just uh, has a great rapport with everybody he works around. He's uh, he's a good dude to have in the clubhouse. And like I said, he he builds bridges to to people with all kinds of different backgrounds. Yeah, and adding that to a staff anywhere is you're gonna find room and space for that, especially somebody that wants to come back and share that knowledge and that that skill set with everybody. It's exciting. One other thing I noticed on there, I was quite surprised by, and you've been around longer than I have. Is this a promotion or not? But Kristen Norfia, he has left the Hartford Yard Goats and he got moved to as the outfield and base running specialist. What is what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> great question. Uh, yeah, Bobby Meacham in as the as the manager. I, I've heard only uh, nothing but good things for Chris Denorfia. and yeah, so same. you know, is 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 there a chance that this is was viewed as an opportunity to again work with more players than like, hey, we, we you you know how to manage. You're you're very much capable of doing that, uh, but we think your your gifts and abilities are are better. As a, as a roving instructor in that way, right? I mean, you look at someone like Clint Hurdle and you say, wouldn't you want him to be your AAA manager for the Isotopes? He's a special assistant to the GM. And you go, well, yeah, like you totally would. But wouldn't his impact maybe be a little bit more kind of going to each level, traveling, talking mm-hmm. with these guys, you know, using those inspirational tools that he has and uh, and, and speaking and, and kind of boiling things down to controlling the controllables and, and, and all those other wonderful things that, you know, got Clint Hurdle to uh, be the first manager and, you know, in, in 20 plus years to take the Pittsburgh Pirates to three consecutive postseason appearances. So um, I, I, that's kind of how I view that because, again, yeah. yeah, we both heard the same things about, you know, how, how great Christian Norfia was. So uh, for him, you know, that might have been also better for. Uh, his family, right, to to be roving around and, and doing that, and so uh, Bobby Meacham is is in as uh, as the manager there, and a um, couple other changes there in Hartford. Uh, uh, a buddy of mine, so to speak, Tom Suteris, who uh, is also from my neck of the woods in in New Jersey, he'll now be the hitting coach with uh, High Spokane, so nice. uh, he'll have an opportunity to kind of spread his wings out there on the West Coast. Looking forward to catching up with him down at spring training. So. Um, yeah, I think that there's a strong coaching staff and, and you do want consistency from uh, one year to the next, at least when you're, you are developing uh, in the fashion that the Rockies have been lately because the farm right. system has been pretty good. So in a way you want to say, you know, if it ain't broke, uh, don't, don't fix it. The, the win loss record might be broke, but yeah. in the minor leagues, winning and losing is, is definitely not the same it, thing it, as it is in the majors. No, it does not matter as much. Yeah, there was other things. Lewis, did we miss something? There were some other tidbits on that that list, Mike. Mike yeah, sorry, Mike. Um, Mike. Rolando Garza, He um he's originally from California. I think he graduated at Pepperdine. So he's going to Fresno. He's originally from Tampa Bay for the last three years. And if he has no, anything about Tampa Bay's pitching staff, they're, I mean, they pull out random guys and they turn mm. into all-stars. So that's a great hire. That's, he's going to single A, so that's good with a lot of young guys. Yeah, and then the, what? There's I think there's three out of the four affiliates have new pitching coaches because I think some of the Hartford guys went down to Spokane, and Hartford got some new guys, and so there's there's some switching around. But go check out the tweet. Go check out the the new coaching thing. I think Emma uh, Rocky's PR tweeted it out as well. So it's out there. It's just it was fun. It was fun to get all the emails and seeing all the the affiliates post their coaches are back. Like Robinson Cancel is back in Spokane for the second year after being in Fresno for a few years. So it's going to be kind of cool to see what his trajectory is. And there's a lot of success at Spokane. 
again, record didn't show up, but with some of the growth of those players, like Benny Montgomery, we keep sleeping on him. He is one name that I don't think we say enough about. He, he had a very solid 2023 season. And I think we forget about him just as a Rockies whole, because he's, he's out there, but he's not really out there. And then he's injured or he's not injured. And I don't know. But what Robinson Cancel does out there in Spokane is is good stuff too. So some minor league changes there. Um, let's go to the small extension. So literally, I think the last time we talked to you about, and then Mr. Vallejos, I see your question. We'll get to it right after this segment. All right, I got you. Uh, but last time we talked about was uh, Jackson Cheerio getting that huge extension, 19-year-old locked in for eight years, 82 million. But then we see Colt Keith getting a... Fairly team-friendly. I'm a huge Colt Keith guy, so I'm a little biased when I say it. Fairly, fairly good team dr- deal with his six years, $30 million. Could earn up to 82 if he exercises all the options and all that. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, which I thought was a fantastic contract. And the Tigers actually did solid things in that, which they're trying to figure it out, too. They're a hot mess of an organization after Alavila broke them. But this is a Rockies podcast. And... But who is kind of that prospect that could get a similar Colt Keith deal? Like, we, we kind of agreed last time that there was really nobody that's getting Jackson Cheerio money. Maybe Amador, maybe. But Colt Keith's deal seems a little bit more doable. Seems really good. Like, I'm surprised they haven't done something similar already with, like, a Tovar-type person. But, like, prospect-wise, who are you kind of looking at that could possibly get that six for 30? Well, gotta gotta give a immediate props and a shout out to uh, our guy uh, Kenneth Weber, who uh, wrote about that recently on uh, Purple Row on on Monday. I, you know, guys that um, that could be up for uh, a similar extension. But to sort of stay true to the question, if you're saying a prospect, so this is someone who hasn't made their debut yet, right? I, I don't think anyone fits that mold. Um, you know, Cole Keith, he you know kind of split his time last year in Double A AA and Triple A. So right off the bat. You know, if you look at the guys that were at, you know, AAA Albuquerque, all of those guys already debuted, and so you mm-hmm. kind of know what they are, uh, at least to a degree. We might not be able to say we know what Eli Harris Montero is, but he's no longer a prospect in that that same capacity. Uh, top twenty-five prospect, Cole Keith was. Uh, so Amador at least fits that bill. I really think there's a chance we could see something like this, legitimately, not just hey, this is this is a fun thing to talk about. It's a fun thing to speculate. I really could think uh, something like this could happen. You know, this time next year, where again you've got all of those guys that yeah. uh, are at, starting this year at Hartford and should be able to play at least a month, if not two or more, uh, at at AAA Albuquerque. So Yankee Fernandez, Jordan Beck, maybe Benny M- Montgomery, Adel Amador, certainly those would be the guys where you sign them to a major league deal with you know a lot of team friendly options. You know, going on after that. Uh, that buyout years of free agency that next year is, is when something like that happens because again, these guys are still a little bit unknown and not all of these deals have worked out for the teams and say, ah, mm-hmm. known commodity. We, we know what we're going to be getting here. And uh, it, it hasn't always worked out because you're giving the player guaranteed money. You sort of think this would happen more, but you're giving a player guaranteed money. Whereas if they, at a certain point, if they are not producing up to a certain level, you can you know, designate them for assignment or you can uh, choose to not offer them arbitration and then turn around and, and get a player of 
similar abilities. Like mm-hmm. there's definitely a, a, a dearth of those kind of guys that just get, you know, pushed aside. I mean, look at Dakota Hudson where, you know, the, the Cardinals just simply didn't feel he was worth, you know, what he was getting in arbitration. Same thing with the guardians with Cal Quantrill. They thought 6 million was too much money. Um, so again, you're giving them guaranteed money rather than going year to year and, and at some point cutting bait if a guy doesn't maybe live up to the hype. So there's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of risk involved in that. So I could see something like that happen next year. I could see something, you know, maybe this spring training where you lock up a player like Ezekiel Tovar and you say, yeah. okay, hey, we've already seen this guy for a year plus in the bigs, but you're feeling a lot better about knowing that not only are they going to be here for the next six years right before they're free agents but then beyond that as well that's that's really promising for the player for the team and the fan base yeah it's tough you you said a lot of good things and i like what you said but you didn't actually answer the question who who is the guy there there is no one right now no one no uh you know you've got four top 100 prospects but none of them have even touched triple a yet so and and i don't think any of them have been dominant at double a uh, to the same extent that Cole Keith was. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's the boring answer, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's why I was trying to dance around it. Yeah. Here, Aaron. I, I know yeah, what there, you're there's doing. nobody that really fits that, that mold right now. That um, next piece. I think I, I, I want to say Zach Veen, but the injury and all the history and all that, the ceiling's still there. The floor is a league average player. So if you get a league average player for five, five years for, five million six million like that's a solid deal but i i don't think he has that contract i do wonder what sterling thompson like you didn't mention him in your little list there sterling thompson i think could be a good pick he's not going to give you the power numbers but he's going to get you all the other numbers that you need he's gonna be a doubles machine in coors field he he held his own pretty decently i think a little bit better than beck and yankee l so to speak i would th- i would say so at hartford last year in his little cup of cup of coffee there and i could see him making that jump to that double a triple a next year and maybe getting a similar deal especially with like where's b rod what are we what's amador doing does he get that call up this year like you have these guys does one get moves and where are we at and do we lock that other guy up from just there's kind of a little juggle that should be done right now by the front office because we have all these prospects and we're still loaded up at certain positions that why, but that's a different podcast topic, I guess. So I'm, I think Sterling Thompson is a pretty good candidate there. Mike. Here's a, here's a player too. Let let me throw back to refresh some folks' memories. David Dahl. So 10th, 10th overall pick in the 2012 draft. Um, Obviously there's, there's those injury concerns. A lot of them just, were unfortunate, right? Um, you know, you you need to get your appendix taken out. Like that's that's gonna happen. Or maybe it was gallbladder. I don't know the difference between those two, but one of them ruptured. I'm gonna say it was the gallbladder because <laughs> appendix is like just naturally happens where we don't need it and our body gets taken out. And it was gallbladder burst uh, in a collision in the outfield. Um, a lot of kind of freak injuries similar to a Ryan Rawlison. I mean, look at him. He was a guy who you know was you know top ten prospect for the Rockies. That you go, all right, this guy's gonna be in the rotation. Right. for you know the next decade and he's still yet to make his debut but david Dahl, i would say you could argue he lived up to the hype you know he was one of four all-stars in 2019 for the rockies and then less than uh two years later a year plus later rockies had designated him for assignment because you know going through arbitration he was going to be 
too costly. So uh, there's some benefit for the teams to not lock these guys right. up to these long-term deals. And so if, if there isn't necessarily that benefit, um, if, if you don't think this guy is going to be someone you want around for 10-plus years, then you might as well just go year-to-year year on that. So yeah. it's not it's not ex- as exciting as, as <laughs> announcing one of those kind of extensions, but it does take a, a you know a rare special player, and uh, and I think Tovar is going to be that guy. So yeah. you know, we, we might we might have that happen in uh, February March. Yeah, I can really see that happening. Mike, you got a dark horse pick? Yeah, I don't really have a pick. It's um Ozzy Albies started twenty seventeen, but in twenty nineteen he got a I think a seven year thirty five million dollar contract or five year with a, with two options too for team options. I can see Nolan Jones and Tovar getting that easily. I mean, they're proven, and you don't really have to – because if you sign someone before they make the leagues, like, you run that risk. But yeah. Tovar and Nolan Jones, that risk, it's still there, but it's a lot easier to see that working out, especially when you buy out, like, three years of free free agency. You're saving, what, about, like, $100 million right there between right. those two. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I, I like that. Those kind of deals usually are, uh, as you point out, Ozzy Albies – are more typical for the players coming out of Latin America because you know, their their families are, are, are a lot more impoverished than, than those players um, coming out here in America. Nolan Jones, uh, in a weird way, I feel like Nolan Jones may have to prove more than Ezekiel Tovar. Tovar lived up to the hype, right? He was the opening yeah. shortstop from the get-go, was able to, to pick it defensively. Uh, I think he provided everything that they were hoping for offensively. The power is still going to develop. It was only his age 21 season, whereas I think Jones... There, I don't know that there's any serious worry about, you know, him him having a sophomore slump, but he'll he'll need to prove it. And in a way, I, I think Jones is also a really good candidate to, you know, to lock up to a guaranteed deal because he's a little bit older too. Mm-hmm. And so that's something where you know he would be maybe 32, maybe even 33, by the time he ends up becoming a free agent. So that could be something that could be advantageous for for both sides to agree on on some kind of extension like that. Yeah, having Nolan Jones locked up until because he's twenty five now, twenty six. So yeah, that thirty ish season, prime baseball years. Yeah, that wouldn't be terrible. Uh, but I mean, you were talking about David Dahl. So left handed bats. So you put that tweet out there during the winter meetings. I think you're, you're just a fire tweeter, I guess. Like you, you love going viral during the off season. And one of the things was what the Rockies needed it was starting pitching, backup catcher, and a left handed pitch bat. Those were the three main things that they were needed. They've done the other two, Dakota Hudson, Cal Quantrell, tie block. We're going to throw him, him in there. And then added Jacob Stallings. Now what's next? So Vallejos, like this is kind of that question. What available realistic free agents could fit help those Rockies? I think the left-handed bat is the only option they really need. As bad as the Rockies are, everybody feels really good with where they're at, which is a, a unique situation. Strange. It's so weird. Like, where do you add another player? Like, you don't add a center fielder to take over for Doyle. You don't add a right fielder to take away bats from Bouchard, Goodman, that whole cluster of players. So what do you bring in? The lefty, left-handed bat. We lost Harold Castro. Uh, hopefully he finds a job somewhere. That's not with the Rockies. What's the left-handed bat options? So Tyler put this out there, uh, blog, blakestreetbanter.com, shameless plug of a few bats that would actually make sense to bring back with what we need. We got Tony Kemp, Rymel Tapia, David Dahl, Austin Meadows, and Jesse Winker. There are a few other names that popped up in the in the in the MLB news with being DFA'd or let go that we'll touch base on a little bit. But out of these five, Patrick, 
who do you bring back or add to the list that would actually benefit for the Rockies this 2024 season? Yeah, I think these five candidates are pretty much right in that that wheelhouse of what the Rockies are are looking at acquiring because you know, other than, you know, I think Winker, uh, all four of these guys could kind of be non-roster invites. Like, I don't know that they would get a major league deal. Right. And with the Rockies having a, a full 40-man roster, um, they've, they've already cut a lot of fat, you know, this offseason. So there's not, not too many guys you could look at and say, eh, you might be able to slide this guy through waivers and, and then bring him back in the minors. So they're going to have to really, really hold tight. And, and really the, the mathematics on this will be, you know, either, you know, signing two guys to non-roster deals that, that you're going to invite to big league camp uh, or, or, or sign one. And then, you know, maybe uh, one of the guys uh, that that's in AAA, you're going to bring on the roster and then you add them on opening day and then put um, Antonio Senzatella and Herman Marquez on the 60 day IL. And now you create two spots because if you sign someone to a big league deal, you know, Riley Pint might be the, the, the first name. Uh, that comes to mind where you say, okay, you're going to have to clear some space. So Riley Pine, and you could risk losing him and, and going somewhere else. Pine also on that 2021 Spokane uh, team, you know, looked yeah. really strong there. So the non-roster guys are going to be the way to go. They really want someone to be able to play center field. That mm-hmm. is a huge piece to be able to give Brent Doyle a day off. Uh, I think Nolan Jones looked adequate enough in yeah. center field no learning process still learning process you're right you know um it, it's been a couple years now that he's been playing outfield but course field you know playing outfield there is is a lot different and i think they do want him getting comfortable out there in left field so you know for for a one one game basis that's nice for the team if he goes out to center um, but that's not necessarily great for his growth and development over in left so you need a guy to play center field and you know, these candidates, uh, you know, Dahl certainly has played some uh, center field in the past. Uh, that That's where he was an all-star in 2019. Uh, Austin Meadows, I, I thought, you know, had played some center field, but I think it had been a while uh, since when he was with, uh, in his early days of, of Tampa Bay, uh, he, when, when he was with them. Um, but it, it's going to be a non-roster invite, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, I would say David Dahl might, might fit the, uh, the bill better than anybody, but I don't know that we're ever going to see him in purple again. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree with you there. I would love Jesse Winker, but the center field piece, I don't want Jesse Winker <laughs> out in center. Sure. Field. I think I'd rather have Chuck out there than that. bat. that bat Winker. though is tempting, right? It's, it's just like, you want somebody that's just going to come into the box and threaten to hit a bomb. And I, the Rockies haven't had that. Like, just go back to Jason Giambi and feel good about it. Like, it's, it, it was a good time. Like, you, Jason Giambi's, all right, we're on the edge of our seat. What's going to happen? He's going to give you that professional bat. And I think Jesse Winker might bring that. But with what the Rockies need to keep Doyle fresh, like playing 100 and what, probably 40 games out in center with Coors being part of it, like, it's going to get exhausting no matter how much of a freak athlete he is. So, who do you put out there? Austin Meadows and David Dahl definitely make the most sense. I would love to see Austin Meadows just because he does have that pedigree with there, but with some of his anxiety issues and his health and like, is he, is he really ready for that next step? Is something you have to be concerned about, but if he's out here, if he's fighting for a job, you got to assume he's moving past that. Like we see that with Daniel Bard all the time too. So with that and seeing Austin Meadows play in Detroit a few times, he, 
he's got it whatever it is like you just i mean every major leaguer does but just like he's different he's built different he's a little bit bigger he has that athleticism about him as well and with where he's at in his career i think that fits the most and as a david Dahl fan i i do hope he finds his way back to a major league club like seeing him go from the padres and brewers it stinks a little bit i saw him in nashville two years ago when i went to a minor league game down there with the sounds and he was in there and just like damn <laughs> like it kind of it stung a little bit because i i was a huge david Dahl fan i mean every rockies fan is so it would be fun to have him back does he make the squad? Does he get the invite out, out of it? I don't know if he's necessarily that guy, but I could see Austin Meadows doing that. Tony Kemp kind of fits that Harold Castro role where he yeah. can play a little infield, maybe not great, play a little outfield, field, maybe not great, hits from the left-hand side. I, I could, and again, non-roster invite, I, I could see that fitting in, especially because, hey, you're, yeah. it allows you to give uh, Brendan Rodgers a day off here and there. There's there's not a a perfect fit right now, unfortunately. That's out there on the market. Even even at Eddie Rosario, you go, oh okay, he, he's a left-handed bat, can't really play the center field. Uh, there's there's just not those options. Cody Bellinger is the best option. And you just know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I w- would have been all on board this time last year, absolutely. But yeah, no. What about um? So Cabbage was one guy we were going to talk about huge strikeout numbers big power but they made a trade for him but there was the pirates guy uh forgetting his name Caden smith and jigba yeah he's throws right-handed play hits left-handed pretty good numbers uh for the most part uh could he be somebody that possibly gets picked up in a trade with the pirates coming to play i don't know yeah yeah, I mean, it, it, they need a they need a body, right? They they need some options there, uh, to to again to to benefit the the roster, to benefit those starters, so that Doyle can have a day when he needs to, and and, and Jones doesn't have to slide over. So, uh, you know, he he certainly could could fit that mold. I know he's typically played left field and and, and right field more than anything in, in the minors, so uh, there could be some concerns about that uh, ability there, but. If if Jones is in left field, you got to hope his range improves a little bit. His arm's going to make up for it, but range is, is kind of a big piece. Um, and then in and then in right field, you know Tolia's you know got a nice little cannon. Uh, I don't know that that we're going to see him a, a ton in, in right field. If it'll be you know more more Goodman and, and Bouchard than than anyone else. So you you I don't know that you can hide a center fielder necessarily no. at cores, or you can have a good enough left and right fielder I, I think you could to a degree i know this is something that Corey sullivan talked about a little bit with uh you know when it was like him and willie Tavares and, and ryan spielborgs where they basically had three center fielders patrolling the outfield uh and they were able to maybe make up for any you know any kind of mistakes and things of that nature so mm-hmm. i don't know if the rockies are there just yet with their corner outfield uh positions defensively uh, and range wise but uh, I, I, it just wouldn't surprise me if they, they didn't make any additions actually. Um, it kind of feels non-roster right invite, now. non-roster invite aside. I don't, I don't think there'll be any big league deals. Uh, yeah. Unless I'm there's gonna, a trade. Right. Yeah. I would love a trade. Like, give me that. I think a trade would be good. It'd be fun. It would be exciting to add a little bit to some of this mess that is there again, feeling good about everything, but there's still some question marks of like, are we losing value on some of these prospects and going forward? A trade would be would be kind of interesting to see what they could come up with. All right, and let's finish it with this. I mean, we were talking about it before. Like, do 
do we have enough for an hour? I don't know, but here we are. Um, <laughs> spring training invite. So you posted the tweet. You were at FanFest. I believe you're at FanFest, or at least got the clip for us, uh, or out there on Twitter. Uh, Billy was up there talking about spring training invites. No, Bud Black was. And there were some names on there that came up. I, I was surprised by Jaden Hill. And I was surprised slash ecstatic about Carson Palmquist. But what is th- that's all that I know. I, I believe that's all that's kind of been put out there because the roster list hasn't been really put out there publicly, like what Chris was kind of saying earlier. Is there any more to that? And then is there what do we what, what, what are we taking from a Jaden Hill getting that invite, Parson Conquist getting that invite? Yeah, I, I think you're 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 taking that these guys are on the precipice of, of debuting and contributing to the Rockies. Not, not right away. Uh, I don't think there's anything that these guys can do down at Salt River Fields and, and all throughout Cactus League play to say, hey, they've, they've earned their way onto the roster. It's a little bit different uh, with pitchers than, than it is hitters, uh, un- unless you're taking a palm quest and using them in your bullpen, which the Rockies certainly don't need to do. They're not necessarily trying to win games right now you want Palmquist to stay as a starter uh and you can protect him a lot more with that minor league schedule especially in the early going it's 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 almost similar to like japan right you you Mm -hmm. heard about shohei otani and and a lot of these guys that come over uh that play in npb they make one start a week right well it's the same thing in the minors they play six out of every seven days monday is an off day so um you can you can hide a guy in that way or at least reduce the workload and and so i think they're going to still want to do that uh, with Carson Palmquist uh, in, in the early going. And then maybe, you know, you do see him in the second half of the year. And he already is familiar and, and uh, acquainted with the guys that are in the big league clubhouse. And mm-hmm. he's got a relationship with those guys and uh, knows who he can, you know, lean on and uh, and who he can ask for, for additional support. So I think that really suggests that they, they want to give these guys an opportunity sooner or sooner than later, um, especially if they're producing at the minor league level. And yeah. they are trying to get that next window open uh, and, and acknowledge like, hey, we're not going to win right now. So if we throw a guy out there that, um, you know, we, we really want to give him some big league experience, uh, it's inconsequential late in the season, that's just going to benefit him that much more in 2025 and 2026 mm-hmm. when they really think they, they might be back into contention again in that 2026 season. So um, I, that was a surprise. I don't even think that was necessarily the question that was asked of, of Buddy. Or <laughs> maybe it was just, you know, who are some of the guys that you'll see in spring training? I forget what it was, but he kind of took it as an opportunity to spill the beans. Uh, and I think in a positive way because, you know, a lot of people were, were really excited about that. Um, and then yeah. the final thing I'll add is, you know, Jaden Hill, December, uh, this December coming up in 2024 is when he'll need to be added to the 40 man roster or else he'll be exposed in that rule five draft. So they really want to make sure they get a great look at this yeah. guy, you know, this season. So I think some of that has, uh, something to do with it as well. Yeah. That would make sense about Jaden Hill because with where he was last year, wasn't, wasn't pretty, but he did pretty well in those Arizona fall league. So it was that extra extended look in that relief role. So that was interesting. Yeah. On your tweet, you said, Bud Black said the current list of invitees is up to 66. And then some of the names he listed, Jordan Beck, Benny Montgomery, Zach Veen, Jaden Hill, and Carson Palmquist. I was surprised uh, about Jordan Beck a little bit. And and Benny. I mean, Zach was there last year, right? Yeah. Um, so you expected that he was going to get another invite. But uh, maybe Benny. Maybe not Beck so much, right? Because if you're in double A, then you know, the yeah. next year you're going to get an invite. But, but Benny, who got that? 
cup of coffee, so to speak, in, in Hartford. Uh, that was surprising, but again, in, in a very, very positive way. Right. And it's, and those are all high draft pick guys. So what first round Jordan Beck, second round. So the Rockies do like to take care of their high, high draft pick picks and like getting them out there and that kind of stuff. Not necessarily really based on the previous season all the time, but there is a little bit of weight to that and seeing what they can do. And it's always interesting with spring training invites. Like, oh, they're invited to spring training, so they could possibly make the big league club. Not really. Like 85% of it is like we're just getting an extra look at these guys against bigger competition and seeing how they're competing and can handle and getting familiar, like you said, with the major league players. It will be I'm, I'm very curious, like, who else is out there? Like, Duke and Darnell better be on that list. <laughs> Hunter Stovall better be on that list. I better see Shunky on that list as well. I keep going down the list of players I want to see on that spring training invite. You're not sleeping tonight. You are you are right now. I don't know if you're I a spreadsheet so guy or a legal notepad guy. Maybe, you're maybe more of a legal notepad guy. <laughs> you're going to try to figure out that list of 66, 66. tonight. I know you are. I mean, what? There's 26 already. You have to invite all the catchers. So there's 34 down. So the 40 man roster. I mean, the 40, 40 man, man roster yep. right there. There we go. That. So 40 plus five more. 45 is only 21 to go. We already have five. So I could probably figure out 20 names. I could probably get 80% of it. Yeah. And, this, and, and, and you'll probably let the people know over there on, uh, <laughs> on the X machine at Blake Street Banner, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, probably not. No, I'm going to bed. It's late, man. <laughs> This 1030 is, is too much, but it's just exciting. Like we are literally two weeks. So like Chris McMahon said, he's leaving on the 17th and there's already guys down in Arizona at the complex doing their thing. They're golfing, but they're also grinding. I saw some on the Instagram creeping a little bit. So it's, it's fun to see it's ramping up and it's ramping up for us. I think fan fest, it really hit last week for me. It's like, all right, this is, it's happening. It's going. And it is right around the corner. We are all up in it. 69 days away from minor league opening day, which is nice. Um, Only one football game left. Right. It's one football be- game. One more Taylor Swift thing. It's it's opening up. The gates are there. And then we'll see where we how we feel in June. But No <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, right? No, no Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens. Hudgens. Cole, Cole's up in Seattle and just minor league purgatory. Poor fella. Uh, there was other things and TV deal is intimate. Like I, a lot of things are leaning to altitude is going to buy it. Nothing official. The whole crew is coming back. It seems like that, that came out at fan fest purple row. I think dropped that nugget. That's exciting, which I didn't even put this together. Like I'm an MLB TV guy. I'm out of network. I was like, all right, I'm going to be able to watch the games no matter where they decide. I didn't put two and two together until a few days ago when I put it somebody brought it up on Twitter. It's like, oh, they need to be able to broadcast the games in Denver for me to be able to watch it. Like, <laughs> I had no connection there. I was just like, that was stupid of me. I don't know why. But it's good. It's coming around. It's it's there. It's going to happen. That's exciting. Yep. The uh, the Rockies signed a scout, stole, let, found somebody from Minnesota, which was interesting. Minos, Minos, I can't think of his name right now maybe mike can help me out but he was cut by the twins because of uh cost he found a whole bunch of good players he was part of the one of the guys who found johan santana found uh robbie drawback out of 
the independent league, Jimmy John stadium where Dugan Darnell was out of, I think they were like three or four years apart with it. The scout found it and it's exciting. Like the Rockies are scouting the scouts, which is kind of cool, which is kind of nice. There's something to speak. Like we just brought in another 55 year old who's a grizzled vet instead of new perspective, new age type grind. But yeah, Milos, uh, Billy Milos is joining the squad which is exciting new look. It seems like he has a certain skill set that the Rockies might need to hide, dive into like the independent ball league and looking at some of these outside of the college ranks. And that's going to be exciting to see what he brings to the table and see who's his next hidden gems. Ho Hanson Tana would be very fun. <laughs> yeah. There's so, there's so many facets of what brings an organization together just to get guys the major leagues that you know about and you know for every every big leaguer that you can name on the rockies or, or any team that uh someone might root for there's there's five six seven times many more in the minor leagues trying mm-hmm. to be that next guy and uh and nearly just as many you know people that are are part of that picture to, to help the development of that player and to in this case scout that player too so yeah uh, rocky's always looking to add some good people and they definitely were able to do that today yeah, it's, it's just fun stuff, new stuff. So, good stuff. We had giveaways this weekend, FanFest. You were doing FanFest stuff and other fun things. It looked like it looks like you saw the movie Sandlot with some people, which is kind of I cool. didn't go to that. I you ended up No. Uh, it, it was a long day. I looked at the itinerary. It was like, uh, The greatest off-season day in, in Colorado baseball history with the <laughs> Breakfast of Champions up in Greeley, talking with uh, Daryl Strawberry there. Yep. Then the fan fest, and then the viewing of the Sandlot uh, back up in Fort Collins, an hour north of Denver, where Squints, yeah, yeah, and Smalls. But uh, I was going to go with my dad. He's like, "Oh, that's it starts at seven. That's too late." <laughs> you know, all right, all right. I guess I'll cross that one off. So <laughs> I feel that though. I, I get that. It's okay, <laughs> Papa Lions. Uh, but we, you were doing half of that a little bit of that. But we were giving yeah. away some stuff, and so we gave away a T-shirt, a Ryan Ritter card, who was. Very generously donated to us by a friend of the pod, Tomas, uh, the Fresno Grizzly season ticket holder. Thanks, Tomas. It, it was awesome. So thank you for that, man. And cool. uh, Drew Romo card, which yeah. Mike happened to luck in. And so Mike, Mike's in the hobby right now. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. You all need to go see Mike's Twitter, LT Talks Football. And yeah. his... Uh, his mail <laughs> lately is a little <laughs> outrageous, man. So... Are you slabbing? Are you also slabbing too? I got everything. Oh, there I am. I got everything cards wise. I mean, it's crazy. I'm collecting everything. Are you slabbing, Aaron? Are you you familiar with the slabs? I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Baseball card collecting is wild. I mean, hey, I I got baseball cards behind me. This is an uncut (laughs) sheet of 1987 tops. Yeah, that's yeah, that's cool. I got like I was, five or six more. Maybe I'll have to send you one. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll say no. I don't know where I'm going to put it. Like it's, this is my office right now in the kitchen back. I'm trying to move some things around. But the winners of this contest, like, is the so the T-shirt is going to MTNV. Uh, just a good fan has been part of the the squad for a little bit. Baseball fanatic. Yeah, so. he commented like on one of our posts as we were podcasting. So he's oh, definitely. Cool. Um, active so like yeah. I, I appreciate that so thank you mtnv 
for that t-shirt on your way uh check your dms probably tomorrow i'm i'm, I'm calling tonight after this uh the ryan ritter card is going to another twitter fam uh tyler ray shout out to him he's been yeah. he's been around for a little bit uh he's been diving in with us blake's your banner quite a bit lately so huge out shout out to tyler you got the ryan ritter card coming your way nice. and then the romo card is going to this is a new guy eric lambert I did do all this random just so y'all don't think I'm lying or anything. It's I did randomgenerator.com, typed in all the names, all the rules that followed, and I hit random. It was the first one that came up, I promise. So, Eric Lambert, you are getting the Drew Romo card. Mike will send that over to you in a little bit. Again, all three of you check your DMs. Like, Brian Andrew, like, look at this. Brody's hanging out with us. So, thank you for that. It's like hanging out with us for an hour and a half to get that giveaway, getting that announced. So... Thank you for that. It's just fun. Again, sharing the love of minor league baseball and the Rockies. Like we can all find good things and just bring it together. That's really the idea here. So huge shout out to all of you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you, P Lions, for hanging out with us and doing your thing on this late Thursday, Wednesday evening, whatever it is. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here for another hour and a half. So if you want to go, that's on you. That's on you, brother. Our stream is just going to hang out. So if you want to just look at Patrick, look at his 87 uncut cards behind him, do it. There's a Bud Black on this sheet as well. (laughs) There we go. How many can you name, right? So thank you to you all. We are ramping it up. I think we are on the weekly schedule Wednesday nights. Uh, Tyler and I are going to try to go every bi-weekly until the season starts with the minor league stuff and then random people we're trying to get all the our friends back on we're reaching out trying to get some more prospect talks going so hopefully what we've done the last few weeks continues we keep doing some cool stuff that way and uh Wayno, thank you for hanging out appreciate it you have a good night so stick with us we're going to keep doing this thing sorry it lasted an hour and a half but you're here for a reason so Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Yeah, right? You're here for a reason. So let's go have fun. Let's go do cool things and uh, go Rocks. Minor League Affiliates. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.